Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, unfortunately, it's another defeat that we'll be talking about today. 2-0 at Watford. You've got to say they deserve to win. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Jess Chalman. How are you doing there? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. It's been a... a blissful sort of week and now disappointment has arisen from the the flames <laughs> red football club have played a match that's what's happened jess isn't it <laughs> it's a bit of a nightmare at the moment but we will get through it um obviously we've been joined by matt lansley how are you doing matt you were at the game last night as well yeah i was gonna say better than last night yeah it wasn't it's was just a very non-event it's just seemingly a typical away day for me when i go and follow reading fc so yeah, and it wasn't even in the north, which is normally where the jinx is for you, isn't it? So, I know, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a topping up of uh, my away day record the last two seasons um, this morning, though, and um, yeah, there's a lot of red in there, not much green. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say you're the problem, but you definitely are the problem. So uh, let's move on to the lineup from uh, last night. There were five changes. We had Jao in for Carroll, Ijaria for Mate, Fauna for Loom, and Benge for Hoylet, Hutch for uh, Tom McIntyre. I've got to say, Jess, coming into it, I was glad to see we freshened up the team, but maybe we should have done this in the last game rather than last night. What do you think? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? When we have players that are at that point of their career where realistically that quick turnaround, the likes of Andy Carroll aren't going to be able to play week in, week out, 90 minutes, you know. But at the same time, I think against this squad, you needed a little consistency. You needed a little bit more firepower up there. I thought we looked very weak in front of goal and we looked rather calamitous defensively. You know, I think that Watford were really pussyfooting through you know we were pussyfooting defensively in our 18 yard box and I think we needed someone with a little, little bit more oomph in there defensively to grab the the opposition by the scruff of the neck a little bit I think we were missing that crunching challenge perhaps and listen we've talked about Ajaria before I want him to succeed so so badly I'm always team Ovi but unfortunately when the impact you have is the poor decision that you've made to kind of already put that first nail in the coffin. I can understand why fans are feeling frustrated that he's in the lineup. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm a massive Ovi Ajaria fan like yourself, Jess, but at the moment it's really hard to justify him being in the team because apart from the mistake which we'll come on to, 
he's really not performing. I, I don't know how we get more out of him. Is it an issue between manager player? Is there something else going on? Or is he just lost his form completely? We just don't know, do we? It, it's so frustrating because we know there's something in there, but it just doesn't appear in often enough. And I think it's a lack of confidence as well, right? He's a player that when he's confident, he can be brilliant. But his style of play doesn't work when you're not confident. You saw him with link-up play after in the second half, even I thought he improved a little bit, but he was just doing the very simple things. It was, you know, one, two passes. Even then he wasn't getting the weight of the pass correctly and he just looks like a shadow of the former self that we've seen and uh, unfortunately you kind of need minutes to feel good about yourself you need minutes to build confidence but at the same time how can you give someone minutes that it is not performing to the level that you need to be in a team that is in a dogfight right now yeah and that's what we are in I think um we all kind of like dreamt that we could be in a promotion chase but really the whole season is about being not in the relegation battle at the end of the season, Matt. I've got to say one positive from last night. We're seeing Hutchinson come back and getting an hour out of him. And he looked fine when he went off. Because for me, he's an absolutely massive player. Yeah. Um, and kind of the the dip in form, you know, that we've seen of late has kind of coincided with with his injury. Whether that's coincidence or not, I guess we'll, we might see in, you know, the, um, the coming games. Appreciate it. Obviously, we've only got hold before the international break, but he was integral to that team that started so well. You know, he was almost a calming influence in the back three that he played in. The interesting thing last night, I thought we've obviously talked about how many changes that were made. All the changes were made. Hutchinson came back in, but he didn't come back into a back back three. Um, he almost came back in as like a um, defending midfielder, you know, sat in front mm-hmm. of the um, back four as it was because it was Holmes and um, and Bengue uh, centre back, um, and Hutch was almost in front of them um, in just a solo defensive mid. And I, I know he's played there for Sheffield um, Sheffield Wednesday before he kind of dipped between midfield and defence there, but um, but I mean he did he he did fine there. I thought you know it it, it was good to see him back and hopefully you know he'll be able to get 90 minutes out of the weekend maybe and um he can kick on over over the world cup break and um really bring an impact back to the squad yeah let's hope so uh, i think he's a huge player but um those first 15 minutes jess it was just watford watford and just more watford it felt inevitable that they were going to create something equally as much i would say through their own ability as our complete inability to switch on and make the right decisions. Because as you mentioned earlier, I didn't I have no idea what we were doing defensively at points. It was shambolic. Really. I mean, they had quality. There, there's no doubt about it. They had that little bit of confidence up top, some trickery in the 18-yard box, but they were making our defenders look stupid. In terms of the decision-making, it was very schoolboy. You were seeing players dive in and overcommit at the wrong time, or then on the complete you know, 360-degree flip, they were not challenging and it was like when they needed to challenge they were standing up and looking silly and when they needed to hold that ground they were committing and you know Lumley made a couple of really good saves we saw the save where he got injured as well which was obviously a big thing that we'll get into but uh, I thought that it could have been easily 2-3-0 Watford early on because our lack of putting in a challenge they were making us look silly inside the 18 yard box and I think that if Watford had finished better there were a couple of opportunities they had that really they probably should have put in the goal it could have been a lot worse of a start for Reading. Jess you're in the home of WWE now do you think that Ovi Ajari was watching that last night and so I'm going to put that on the pitch because how what he was doing and we also didn't notice, some people didn't notice that Mbengue could have given away a penalty. Oh, it, it, could have well. been for, it could have been for either challenge, honestly, when you look in there. Oh, 
I wonder if Ince has asked for a bit more physicality from Ovi and he took it too far. You know, there's a right place and a wrong place. When we talk about Ovi, he's a lightweight, right? Let's be completely honest. He doesn't really know how to use his body. He, does, he doesn't have much of a body to use. Let's be completely frank there. And I wonder if he took it to the next extreme, but there's a place to make that sort of challenge, to make a statement on the halfway line. And there's a place to really use your common sense. And I think his marker got away from him. He panicked and, you know, he, he put him in a headlock. But like you say, even without that challenge, it could have been a different penalty as well. I don't think we've really had a leg to stand on to really petition against that one. I mean, just just watching watching it back, it's actually just so comical rewatching it. Because like you say, Jess, he's literally got him in a headlock and just yanks him back. Like, I, I can't. I can't even really understand what he's even trying to do there. It's, it is really just... And do you think he was oh, even in a position... I'm trying to think back to the delivery. I don't think it was as dangerous as a delivery to overcommit there. You know what I mean? I, I would have trusted yeah. our centre-back, someone to put a clearance on it and get it away. It's just a wild uh, decision. And then once it went to a penalty, we know Lumley's never saved a penalty in league play that's what ESPN were saying right before in the run-up so it was always going to be a goal wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, you, no you never had... I think Lumley was going to save that penalty <laughs> no. I, I just it's a skill he doesn't have some goalies just don't have it um I think otherwise he was fine but um Watford don't miss penalties they play against Reading they get a penalty that was completely completely avoidable and Jao Pedro steps up and takes it absolutely perfectly you can't argue with that but then we have more chances for Watford coming along. And I think a key moment in the game and maybe coming up, thankfully, we've got the World Cup gap that you mentioned uh, just there, Jess, was the injury to Joe Lumley. And he makes a really good save. I think it's from Joe Pedro. No, Joe Pedro is the one who stands on his foot. But it's Davis who really he saved from. Because I thought, I thought he was pretty good last night until that point. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I didn't think we'd ever be in a position after watching Lumley's highlight reel when we signed him, that we would be really worried that he wasn't going to be our starting goalkeeper, you know? But I think we're in a position where, listen, he gives away stupid goals, right? And he makes calamitous errors, but he also makes saves like the one he made in the injury. And that's what makes him so frustrating of a goalkeeper. You'd almost trade him making, you know, one or two less heroic saves, conceding those goals that are goal-bound and not giving up the stupid ones, because it's the stupid ones that plummet your confidence. You're wondering, does the defence completely have, you know, a, a trust in him? But I think his difference we saw between him and uh, the Australian that replaced him is distribution. You know, I think Lumley has got better distribution. He's a bit more confident with the ball at his feet. And I think that's a huge thing in the modern game, really. Yeah, totally. We did see almost an opportunity to red and there was a crossing from Baba Roman, which... I thought he's taken some stick recently, but I remember. I thought last night he was okay at certain moments. He, you're never quite going to get that player that we'd all love to see playing at left back, but I thought he was fine. But if Jao could have just stretched Matt, we could have had an equaliser there. But it was a game of coulds and maybes and just moments that just passed us by. And it's such a frustrating one to watch. Yeah, yeah. The first, and especially in that first half, you know, everything was just a yard the wrong side whether it was a pass that you know goes just out of the reach of of a player or goes out for a throw you know it, it was it was it was a game or a half of fine margins really you know Watford didn't to be fair Watford didn't overly actually present too much I didn't think actually yes yesterday in the whole of the game you know and it's probably what made the game a bit more frustrating as a whole because you think oh, you, you I, we probably thought Watford were gonna 
you know, have a lot more quality than than they did, but they just showed it in very, very small sections of the game and in small elements, you know. But I think you also had a chance for for Hendrick, but he has a just dreadful swing at it and <laughs> goes like ten yards wide. It was absolutely it's a pathetic effort to, to be honest I couldn't really talking about that one matt yeah sorry to bring it <laughs> up much. but <laughs> i think i like i i think wasn't that our only shot of the first half or something though it was, it was yeah yeah i think it was i think it, it, it yeah. was so woeful though i mean yeah i just thinking about it it's just it's slightly embarrassing to be honest but you were I, in the I, crowd I, though, matt. Can I, I just want to touch on did it feel did you guys have a belief that you were ever going to score because i thought you sounded amazing first and foremost i tweeted that out like on the espm broadcast it was all red and fc but was it sort of a hopeless feeling in there did you feel like a chance was going to come um not really in all honesty i don't want to sound too too downbeat i mean i mean the atmosphere was good last night it, it, it was it was good i mean it was a sold out away end it was it was good amount of chanting but i mean it was just it's just a typical reading performance for me at the moment like i've seen so many drab games now away from home it was it was just disappointing i think and uh, well at, at the half it probably didn't come through and i again i don't think it's really time for this but there was a few boos from some fans which i i don't think is the right place or time to be doing it personally but um but but yeah but on on the whole it was it was good in the away end did i think there was a goal coming though in the first half not really to be honest no i can understand that completely but um moving to the second half and we start the second half pretty well, actually, Jess. Mm -hmm. I thought we did okay, but I was thinking if we don't score during this spell of 10, 15 minutes, I mean, 15 minutes might be stretching it a little bit, but 10 minutes, I didn't think it was going to happen. The nearest we came was Ajari at the back post, and I don't know what that is. Is it kind of header? Is it a header and goal? It's the person you don't want on the back post, though, is it? Let's be honest. He's not really going to be throwing his body at it, having a convincing touch, but... I think you're completely right, Paul. The momentum coming out of the halftime break, it felt pretty good. It felt like a different mm -hmm. Reading. I think that whatever in set at halftime seemed to work for a little bit. But unfortunately, like you say, once that goal hadn't been put in in the first 10 minutes, you're like, it's game over at this point. It was it had a Watford second goal, a security all over it. But I thought that we caught Watford on the back foot a little bit. They looked a little bit nervous. I think the environment seemed to change a little bit from the Watford fans too. You know, it, it can be rather quiet over there at Vicarage Road. And I think that we managed to silence them a little bit. But when you're not able to find that finishing touch, when you don't really have, I, I like Jao, I think he's a, a workhorse, but he didn't see the service. He was chasing after a lot of lost causes. He was trying to put his body around in the middle of the park. I thought that Again, the service from the goalkeeper wasn't very helpful in the second half either. And it just felt like once that first, once the equaliser didn't come, it was always going to be game over after that first 10 minutes spell. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of points. I thought Lucas Jow was absolutely fine last night. I think that's, he wasn't like an eight or a nine out of 10, but that was one of his better performances in the last couple of months, I would say. He seemed to be holding up the ball, seemed to have a little bit more of his confidence and swagger back, which is nice considering... He had very limited supply. And he cared, right? I think you could tell. Mm. And that's all you want from your players up there sometimes. You want to see that they're fighting. You want to see that they're caring. I thought he put in a couple of good defensive challenges when he was trying to win the ball back, putting on some pressure, forcing some poor turnovers from Watford FC. I know he's another divisive character, but if you don't have service, what, what can you really do as a forward? You can't expect much other than a work rate. And I thought he gave that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the goalkeeper, Matt, um, 
he didn't have a hell of a lot to do, but as Jess mentioned, uh, his distribution was pretty poor. And at least twice, I think, in the second half, he just kicked the ball virtually straight out of play. And that that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think... Um, I think John Lumley's better than that. Um, and it's a worry for me. I think, thankfully, we've got the World Cup break. So by that point, Lumley should be back. We're going to come on to the designers bit at the end. But what did you think of him overall? Um, I, I, I don't think his distributions as bad as kind of or as different to Lumley's as you're making out to be honest I don't I don't think that Lumley's distribution is very good personally um in all honesty um and well because I've seen Lumley just boot it straight out of play on multiple times you know so on on the whole to be honest whenever you're going down to your second string goalkeeper you know it's going to be well you know you know you're not going to be getting the same as you know you are with your first keeper I mean let's let's be truthful he was playing league two football last year you know Bazanis he's not going to be this revolutionary you know new Adam Federici let's 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 be honest about this as much as we probably want him to be you know the reality is you know I, it's just probably not going to happen but I mean as a as a second string goalkeeper I don't think he did too much massively wrong he made a good save um I think there was a shot that came in from from the edge of the box which he, I think was deflected and he tips around the post mm-hmm. um but he he didn't he didn't have too much to do all game but I mean it's been typical of Reading really all season the keeper hasn't had much to do really for many of the games at all for as many goals as we've conceded um it's why I've been obviously critical of Lumley in the past for the, for the amount of goals we've conceded you know again Bazanis hasn't had too much to do in that second half no, uh, I totally agree. I think one player that kind of struggled last night for us defensively was Tom Holmes. He's been much better this season, but I think Davis really gave him a bit of a lesson last night. Jess, I mean, is that just me or did you no, kind of see that? No, part? he looked like a fish out of water, if I'm completely honest. And I know he's a homegrown, you want him to do well, but we still have to remember he's very young. You know, I, I think that as a centre-back, as a leader, he's still very young and he's going to make some poor decisions. And I think he got exposed last night against a a better forward than he is defensively. And uh, I think that that comes from maybe lacking a little bit of confidence. You mentioned Matt conceding a lot of goals, affects the goalkeeper, affects the defenders as well. And I think after you get beaten once, twice, three times, it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy that you realise, okay, I'm not going to be able to challenge him. And uh, I thought he looked very lost. And, And I think the communication wasn't quite there between the back line either, which is why a lot of the time the Watford forwards were having a lot of success in our 18-yard box because they were moving the ball pretty well with the connecting passes and we weren't handing off players very well to stick with them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just just throwing a thought out there quickly. Do you think, because obviously he wasn't good last night, Holmes. I mean, it, it was probably a Holmes of, you know, last year in that January spell that we saw yesterday with his, his defensive decisions. But obviously that last night was the first time we'd gone to a four at the back. For virtually the whole season, he's either obviously been in the middle of a back three um, or on the right of it. Do you think maybe going to a back four possibly affected him? Yeah, I think it does. I think that from my experience as a player, changing your defensive structure is a pretty wild decision when you've played in a way consistently. Because 
you go from being, like you say, the lone in the middle or the far side, and then suddenly you've got someone either side of you, but also a further side. Now, I thought it was a very interesting decision to make such a drastic change to formation when you probably could have stuck in that back three, because when you change formation, you change positioning, you change communication, you change roles within that back line. And I think that's one of the reasons why we looked so calamitous at times with not knowing where we needed to be in our defensive lineup. I do wonder whether he's played that formation last night in kind of his preparation for the game against Hull. And kind of, he's almost not kind of sacrificed last night. He would love to have actually get a win last night. We all know that. There's no, you know, point pretending Paulins wanted us to lose because he definitely didn't. But I do kind of like think that maybe if we go into the game on Saturday and then change it back to a three, you do wonder why we did that last night. I'd be a bit confused by that. But then that's football managers. They are very confusing beasts. They do do things. When you're in a bad run, which you're in, we're almost trying to grasp onto something and trying to find that key. And at the moment, we can't quite find it. But the game was killed off with a few minutes left. Joe Pedro, pretty easy strike at the end there, Matt. But what do we think of Bazana's that? I, I will add to this. He's not the reason we lost the game. The quality of Watford was too good. But let's put it in that kind of like perspective. But I think he should maybe do a little bit better though with the actual clearance. Yeah, um, it's it's a difficult one because he's got a cross that's come in and it's coming in pretty much on the edge of his six-yard box. And if he doesn't get to that, I think it's Saar who's running in at the back post. He's probably going to tap that in. No defenders there. Like I think you'd probably almost either want, you know, the cross to have been cut out at source. You know, Bubba Rahman, I mean, is almost like a passenger trying to block block the cross. I mean, he's just running back and he... I, I don't even know the block he tries. He just swings his leg out in the weirdest of fashions. It's just dreadful attempt to try and block across. So it puts it puts your keeper in a bad position there anyway, because, I mean, Bazanis, he's stretching to try and get it. I don't think he can really claim that there. All he can try and do is try and bat it into a place that, um, you know, a Watford player isn't. Um, and unfortunately, when he just comes out, he parries it pretty much straight to, straight to João Pedro. And, you know, then you're just almost hoping that Bazanis finds himself in the right place or you've got... A, player on the line in the right place to to block the shot um I think to be honest that is where that comes from is pretty much Raman on the left hand side just backing off backing off backing off um the cross actually it's Saru is actually puts in the cross I think I can't see who it was at the back post now but, but yeah it was Saru gets the cross in and yeah that once that cross goes in you're in trouble there I yeah, I agree. The source was it was the major problem. Yeah, yeah sorry, it was gorgeous. more difficult for a goalkeeper. And actually, the ESPN Plus commentators were praising that he managed to get something on it because it took that awkward hop in front of him. His footwork maybe wasn't quite there, which meant that he got there at the wrong angle, which meant he was pushing it out towards that edge of the six yard, which gave the the guy on the back post an easier finish than perhaps he should have done. Maybe he needs to angle his body differently. But I don't think it's one where you look at and you're like he should have caught that with two hands. You know, I think maybe the area that he should have parried it from, but it's a tough one. And I think, like you say, it was a nail in the coffin. Yeah, I, I, that's what I really meant, really. There's no way he's going to catch that ball, but just get it into a different area. But that this is things that we seem to specialise. I've seen players, defenders, head it into the wrong area as well. You can go to Mbenga, I think it was, against Burnley, into the centre of area. Holmes did it against Swansea. So... This is not a habit that um, he's alone in creating. So we end up with a 2-0 defeat, Matt. The away end, probably half empty as soon as the second goal went in. But 
I don't quite know how we can mix it up. One question I will ask, Shane Long, he, for me, he should be in the team on his sheer energy experience. Is he going to suddenly score a bundle of goals? No, I'm absolutely certain he's not going to do that. But I think we need something in that team at the moment. And why we're not playing him, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a confusing one, I think, at the moment, because what he brings to the team again when he started in the team back at the start of the season when we had that good run, I think, before he um he had a virus early in the season when he then he, he struggled to get back in since. Again, he was integral to that, the pressing that that he brought to the game as well. And we we we've looked looked at our best when we've pressed an opposition um and set the traps that then have been passed into and then you press them obviously as they come forward. Um but I think we discussed it earlier today as well. Realistically, though, when we're talking about our strike force, I think if you ask a different fan, they're going to give you a different answer on who we should be playing up top. Because, like, to be honest, right now, I'd almost, I'd, I'd want to see probably a, a, a Zhao and Long combination or a, a or a Mate and Long combination. But if you ask. 10 other people you're probably going to get different responses i mean there were people calling for andy carroll to come on yesterday i don't think andy carroll was probably the best person to bring on i would have brought on mate and long personally obviously mate did come on but i would i wouldn't have brought carroll on because i don't really see what he adds to this to this team but then he's got plenty of fans out there and so does mate so does you know so does everyone in that team and i think it's not an isolated almost issue the 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 strike force and who plays there because you could probably say the same about the midfield and about the defense you know we're in november and no one can really say who the starting 11 should be or even who a midfield unit could be a defensive unit should be or an attacking unit that's a huge problem really when you think about it obviously you're always going to have divisiveness within fan bases over one two players but it feels like it's over our entire squad right now and I think Matt's hit the nail on the head with the fact that it's because no one's grabbed that position and made it theirs. No one looks consistently like they're going to be a threat up top. No one looks consistently like they're going to put in an eight, nine performance week in, week out. And you need a couple of those players to be a successful team. And I miss Shane Long. I'm a Shane Long big fan, obviously my first love in football growing up. But I think that he is at the stage of the career where, like you say, I don't think he has the same finishing touch that we're used to but he still brings an energy a work right and a passion that I think is unmatched and that passion then creates almost it gets the fans off of their feet right which you need at times to get you that advantage it gets your teammates around you feeling like you're having some success and I think you hit the nail on the head Paul when you talked about how when we pressed we've looked more dangerous at forcing turnovers and I thought there were a couple of times where Watford actually looked overconfident in the back and when we put a bit of pressure on them we forced some poor turnovers. And if we'd have done that consistently, maybe we'd have had some more success to challenge their keeper and create a couple of opportunities. I think he helps push on other players as well. I think he sets standards. I, I, I don't understand why he's not playing, but we could go around that one forever. Just one quick question. Here. This is a big one here. So brace yourself for this one. Do you think we're going to stay up, Jess? Yes or no? Yeah, because I think that we still have the ability at times to turn a few screws and grind out some results. You know, I think we've had a couple of performances this season where you've had a bit more belief and you've had a little bit of nasty and you've been able to grind out results. And I think that the fight will hopefully be there at the right moments. But I actually think having the World Cup, as much as it's disastrous that it's in December, is actually doing us a favour in terms of returning players, getting some fitness, 
having that mental break almost as a player as well after a really tough run is probably going to be helpful. And hopefully once the World Cup's over, we're able to use that as a rocket up our ass a little bit and continue the fight. So I I'm going to be the optimist and say I think that we have just about enough battle, but I don't think it's going to be uh, clear sailing, you know? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think we will stay up, but I don't think it's going to be easy. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, like I think I think at the start of the season, I think we've we've showed enough to say that, you know, we should stay up. You know, I think, to be honest, there was lots of fans, obviously, after the game yesterday that that weren't happy, a small contingent as well, tweeting, you know, stuff like ints out. I think stuff like that is very, very premature right now. Yes, we're in a bad run. But this has also been an absolutely brutal run for for a team like Reading, you know, that's essentially put together through through, um, you know, the leftovers of other clubs. You know, I think there's there's enough kind of good good elements in this squad to be able to bring it through. I think the biggest almost question mark will be how Ince deals with this bad patch and how we look to react to this one on Saturday, but then over the the World Cup break and then after because I think he's lumped quite a lot of pressure on coming back from the World Cup break because he said that or he said that um in the past past few weeks that once we get back from the World Cup our squad will be different we'll have players back so he's almost hedging his bets that you know we'll, we'll come back winning but if he doesn't win in that first game against Coventry you know that game's all, almost massive you know because that's at home as well you know so but hopefully we can we we can edge out a win um against Hull at the weekend and um go into the international break on a on a happy footing anyway we have played a lot of the top teams a lot of the top teams in the like top nine in this run as there's well. got to be some perspective yeah and if anyone's going to stay positive it has to be Paul Lentz it has to be the manager because <laughs> if he doesn't stay positive in any way that affects the whole of the squad so Jess your prediction for our final game before the World Cup whole city away are we going to get three points or is it going to be more misery ah oh, i would love to say three points i'm going to go with a one one draw i think that maybe we have a little bit more fight than we had against watford we're able to create a, an opportunity out of uh something and hopefully be able to do that i don't think we get a clean sheet because i think we let off you know a stupid goal a calamitous defensive clearance or something of those likes but hopefully we're able to grind things out and pick up a point i think that would be Better than no points. Totally. What are you going to go for, Matt? Um, I might be edging into dangerous territory here because, um, yeah, I'm never normally that good watching Reading up north, and I am going on Saturday, unfortunately. Um, I well, am though I going for going anyone. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm actually I'm I'm going to go. I'm quite optimistic about Saturday. I'm going two nil. So I I think we're going to get that clean sheet, Jess, as well. That I think you're a bit skeptical of. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. I, we, we, we was yeah, but we were so downbeat coming into Watford, quite rightly, and we all were correct in the end because we it was a loss. Um, but no, I'm going upbeat. I'm going two nil. Let's go. I would, right. love okay. I would love it. Let, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. And the clean sheet would be absolutely beautiful. Obviously, we did have one recently against Luton, but I, I'd love one again. Um, I'm going to be blindly optimistic. Why not? Why not? I'm going to go for a 1-0 because I can't see us scoring two goals in one match at the moment. And uh, clean sheet. I've lost my mind here. But yeah, thanks a lot for listening. And if you've enjoyed the show, give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye.